Welcome to episode 132 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, reminding you to reduce, reuse, recycle, and compost. Avoid single-use products whenever possible. That's those little plastic bags. And remember to bring your reusable bags with you while shopping. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stefan Clark Abrams, your host. Springtime has arrived, which means Jackson Hole has plenty of sun and a little bit of snow in the forecast. My mission with this podcast is to bring you fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. The people sharing their stories are the same people we see each day walking down the street or sipping a cup of joe at their favorite coffee shop. So get out there and share this episode with people because I feel we all have a story to share and I want to bring you stories which you want to share and you will connect with. Please add some good energy to your life every day by sharing this episode, sharing this podcast, and listening to some people who you might know. My guest today is Fish Fishman. Well, Fish it in his given name, but I'm going to honor my guest and only refer to him using his nickname and radio handle, Fish. You'll just have to be curious as to what his given name is. Fish is one of the most recognizable voices in the Valley. We've only been hearing his voice on the local radio station for about 25 years. Today, Fish shares with us the history of our local FM radio station, KMTN, and how local radio, Jackson Hole Radio, is alive and well. Local radio provides more than a source of music, and Fish will discuss the important role our local radio station provides for our community. Additionally, Fish educates us on why some radio stations begin with the letter K and others begin with the letter W. And oh, how Jackson Hole Radio is staying relevant as technology changes media so rapidly. Fish, thank you for joining me here at your first podcast interview at the Jackson Hole Connection. Yeah, this is sort of weird because I'm usually on the other side. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what we're going to be talking about for 40 <laughs> minutes, but we'll give it a shot. Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor. I think between you and I, we can find some. We might. To talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I went back, to be honest with you, I went back and listened to another great fish in town. Uh, his interview your interview with him with mark fisher mm -hmm. and uh i'm thinking like man my life is so boring compared to this cat i mean i haven't been to everest two or three times yet anyway if you haven't li listened to that you should go back to to the connection <laughs> web page and and listen to it he's got man what, what crazy stories that guy has. he's he's done a lot for sure but we all have our own story. That's true. And that's what's important. It's not to compare our story with somebody else's. It's to be happy with what our story is. My story, I'm very happy with Good. my story. <laughs> so, well, let's start off with hearing what your story is. When did you move here to Jackson Hole? How did you become connected and decide to call this place home? You know, it's a pretty typical story. I'm sure 90% of your interviewees probably have the same, you know, path. Uh, we all come out for a ski season. We all fall in love with the summer and we all end up staying in the story. So I moved out here in 89 for a ski season uh, with some friends from Georgia 
and uh, I had never been out here before, but uh, this friend of mine said, this is the place for you. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And uh, packed up the car, drove out here through St. Louis, through Lawrence, Kansas, through Colorado, and uh, fell in love as soon as I came up 89 and you could see the Tetons just coming through there. I was like, oh, yeah. It's for so you. That's for me. You drove out here in the winter? No, I drove out here in uh, September, okay. September 11th, actually, I okay. think. But this was 1989. Uh, um, and uh, so, yeah, we came out here for the fall and lived out in the village for a month <laughs> and then moved into town and, you know, moved around a lot that first year. A lot of people move around the first year. It's the only person that did. I lived in one place like an Indian paintbrush for five years. And that's some great property yeah that's some great territory over there it wasn't it wasn't bad <laughs> <laughs> that's the high dollar rent district now uh yeah yeah it would be that's right mm -hmm. and so now you've been on the radio when did you start on the radio so when i first moved here i i, I did you know the typical jobs uh i worked at jack dennis uh when it was out in teton village the base there and i worked at several restaurants billy's Ooh, Billy's Louie's every restaurant I've worked at is out of business. That might be some has something to do with it, but <laughs> they all went out of business after you left work, stopped working there. That's true. Good yeah. point. Good point. <laughs> um, and then I was, I was, uh, assistant food and beverage director, little known fact, uh, up at spring Creek ranch. Cool. So, um, I did breakfasts and lunch and special events, occasional dinners. And, uh, at that time it was about 96. Then station manager, Scott Anderson asked me if I was interested in becoming the, uh, program and music director for KMTN. So I accepted that in uh, 1996. That was a few years ago. Yeah, it was. It was. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things. Well, I mean, I had worked, I had been working part time. He wasn't the one that hired me. Um, can't remember the cat's name that, that, I mean, I had literally been in Jackson for a week and uh, I had already redesigned the KMTN logo. And I was telling my friends that I moved out here with that I'm going to go work and run this radio station with no experience. And they said, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, sure. So I went and talked to the uh, program director at the time. And he said, uh, have you ever <laughs> done radio? And I cited two examples of yes. <laughs> One was I had a show called the Eminem show. And the other was at the University of Georgia, WUOG, which I did not. And he said, great. Um, I'm going through a divorce. So I spent the whole interview process listening to him, you know, <laughs> bitch and whine and moan. But uh, and but I worked I worked I worked that night first that night, midnight to 6 a.m. So back then there always had to be a DJ 24 seven. If music was playing, there had to be a DJ there. That's right. I mean, we were still using uh, vinyl back then and uh, CDs and cards back in the old days all the commercials were on these little things called cards they look like eight tracks so you know we had three card players and if there were six ads in the set you were playing the first one then pushing the second one then pushing the third one while the third one was running you were putting 
the fourth ad in the first slot and the fifth ad in the second slot. And then the sixth ad would finish the third ad. You know, it was, yeah, there had to be someone there. And we were staffing 24 seven. You guys probably had to wear sweatbands on your head with all the there was a lot of movement you were getting up and <laughs> um you know picking out record jackets and you know it was like i mean i grew up i grew up listening to the radio and then i grew up watching wkrp in cincinnati i mean oh, you yeah. and i probably are the same age and um wkrp in cincinnati was written by this guy, Hugh Wilson, who was from Atlanta and wrote the characters based on some of the characters, uh, some of the personalities at uh, WQXI in Atlanta. They call, they were called Quixie. And uh, so if you if you know those people that were on Quixie at the time uh, and then you watch WKRP, you can you can totally see the character crossover. It was, it was cool. So I, I fell in love with radio. And then at that time, my first radio gig, the Eminem show, uh, was actually my friend miles who lived down two doors down. He would bring his record player over and his case of 45s. And, um, we would record our show, Eminem, Mark, <laughs> Mark and miles. So that was officially my first, uh, radio job. Uh, good thing. He didn't, you know, check any <laughs> check any uh references on that one i'm sure miles would have vouched for me that's hilarious I, I love it and so what have you seen there's so much that has changed in radio and radio is still alive it's not going anywhere but what are some of the like profound changes that you've seen but also what are some changes that maybe the casual listener has no idea about Okay, a couple of things. Yeah. One, uh, radio has certainly changed over the years. However, you're right. It is thriving. It's not going anywhere. Uh, we've been through several other sources to get music uh, or have music, whether it's, you know, the album or the tape. Well, first it was the album. Then it went to a track. Those were both gone. Then it went to CD and now it's MP3. So but radio has been around for 100 years and um it's not going anywhere and i will say that i think even in a small town it's even more relevant today especially this past year with updates we've been running or that year we had that you know the green knoll fire we were doing updates and it was it was real time and the other thing about radio it's one of those things where you can be doing other things and still you know you can't you can't be feeding the kids and cutting the grass and reading the paper at the same time. You know, you, you can do other things. You could drive in the car and listen, you can cook dinner. You know, it's not like the internet where you actually got to sit down and, and focus. It's one of those things where you can just kind of do other things and still listen and still get the information. So that's what I think the, one of the big successes of radio is it allows you to a little more freedom than sitting down and reading a paper or a website or a magazine or whatever. Was My that question. the question? Was that the answer to your question? Yeah. Some, of, some of the other things, I mean, other than the technology, like I said, uh, everything's on digital these days on a, on a database, musically speaking, you know, our, when we record ads, it's all digitally. Back when I started at KMTN, uh, we were using reel to reel and you literally had to cut and splice with a with a razor blade and tape. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I mean, obviously the technology has changed. Some of the things I think maybe most people don't understand, and it goes back to the small town versus the big city 
radio. A lot of these big city radio stations are run and programmed by, um, you know, a corporation, whether it's Clear Channel or Intercom or whoever. And the thing is, they're programmed by one guy. And if it's an alternative station or if it's a AAA station like what we are considered, uh, you got one guy broadcast, I mean, programming all these stations. So a Dallas station sounds like a Chicago station. It's the same playlist. And that's what I love about being able to program KMTN because so many of our artists that we play, you know, they come here. Bronte, Tedeschi Trucks, Marcus King. But we help discover a lot of those artists. And that's the mission statement of our format. We want to develop and break artists. And you and I list, grew up listening to the radio and you probably remember like having to wait and, you know, you couldn't just pull it up when you wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. I think the radio station in the town I grew up in was WJNB. That might be right. It was in Brookhaven, Mississippi. My grandmother worked for the radio station. I think when my dad school, I think she did bookkeeping for them, maybe. And then. I think my dad, even in high school, had a radio show. So you're following in these communication footsteps of two generations. Yeah, I guess so. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. See, I did not. I just had a desire to be Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap. <laughs> I, I can certainly say that I can tell a difference when I go out of town and I listen to, like you mentioned, a big city radio station. It really doesn't have any personality. I don't connect with the person, but knowing you in this town, it's easy to connect because, you know, we have kids the same age and you see it, it's a small town feel of it. And it's part of, I think it's one of those aspects of what a small town it has to it. It's one of those threads to the whole fiber. But you also have to understand, just like this one guy that's programming all these stations in different parts of the world. Uh -huh. Their air talent may not be from that city. Uh, nowadays, people voice track from wherever they are. And so I could be here and I could be on an Atlanta station and I could say, here's the weather today in Atlanta. Here's who's playing tonight at the Variety Playhouse. So there is a surface connection to that city. But I really make an effort to, you know, say things on the air that, only a local could know. Mm -hmm. For instance, the other day I was talking about, well, it was the end of the month and Jackson Hole Mountain Resort had reported that they had had 13 feet of snow in February. And there's an old Jackson Hole wives tale that the fishing season doesn't start until the snow on Rendezvous Bowl is gone. So, you know, if I was voice tracking from LA, I wouldn't know that. Right. So I really want to make you know, and I want to recognize locals that are tuned in. And that's why we've been doing these local imaging pieces, um, which we need to get you in to do one, actually. Uh, but it's basically, hey, this is so-and-so from this so-and-so local business, and you're listening to KMTN. I mean, we, we are part of the community, just like every other business in town. And a lot of people don't think that, that, you know, they think, oh, it's just, you just play music. But I mean, there's a lot more to it, obviously, sure. <laughs> you know, but um you know, we want to see our advertisers succeed. We want our advertisers to maybe go to the next person and say, hey, man, we got some great results out of that. And uh, and that's how this town works. You know, it's 
word of mouth has to happen uh, as a form of, of advertising, but it's got to start somewhere. So, and now with technology, it certainly pulls away and changes some radio stations, but there's some other benefits to it. People can hear you anywhere in the world now. It's true. And I am heard in a lot of places and I'm, I'm, I'm like blown away mm-hmm. that maybe someone in Chicago chooses to listen to me because you, you would think Chicago has plenty of radio stations, mm-hmm. but most of our listeners outside the local listening area are former visitors that have been here. You know, it's one of those souvenirs you could take home with you. It doesn't cost anything. You could use it year round. You don't have to pack it. You don't have to pack it. <laughs> it's KMTN.live. Um, and then we got a new app and a lot of people have been checking that out. And uh, I, I just, I'm so happy uh, because we did go through a little period. You may remember when we were briefly out of local ownership. Mm-hmm. And that was a really tough time mm-hmm. for me personally, professionally, personally and professionally. But, you know, you, you learn from experiences. And I honestly think I'm a silver lining guy. And I think the silver lining to that whole uh, situation is that KMTN is way better because of it. Yeah. I I mean, you're a listener. Let me hear your thoughts. Let me Um, turn the tables on this interview. (laughs) Well, before I give you my thoughts, we got to take a break. um, No, (laughs) we're getting close to one, getting close. But I want you to share with everybody how they can listen to you over the internet yeah share that again so it's uh on the internet kmtn it's kmtn like mountain uh dot live l-i-v-e or you can go you know we have four stations i i just handle uh the adult alternative which is what kmtn is you can listen locally 96.9 of course and then over in victor and driggs we have what's called a translator so nice clear signal over in victor driggs on uh, 95.7 but again worldwide kmtn.live and then this new app that we have and it goes here's a great story we just got a brand new app and the guy reached out to us he had been on vacation in jackson mm-hmm. And he just fell in love with KMTN's programming. And he reached out to us and said, I'm an app developer. I'm going to develop this app just for you. It's a passion project because I love what you guys are doing. And he listens in Chicago for 10 hours a day. He told me 10 to 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And he says, we just don't get this music here. You know, I mean, they're getting the straight up blues or they're getting the, the hits like, the big stations are playing, but you can hear a lot, a lot of different tracks. And this guy we found out, I found out later was my age. So he's from the South. He went to Vanderbilt. We knew mutual people anyway. So, you know, programming campaign program was cool to him. But again, what I was going to say earlier too, is that you and I, you know, when we, we had to wait around to listen to the radio until our song came on, but we were also discovering music at that time. Yeah. And do you remember the first time you heard, I don't know, Thunder Road? Yeah. Right. Or who you were kissing when this song came out. (laughs) There are so many powerful memories that music stirs up. And I've heard studies of people with Alzheimer's who haven't spoken or moved or done anything in years. I put some headphones on them, start playing some music from the 20s. And next thing you know, they're tapping their finger, their, their feet, or they're smiling or they're dancing. It's just, 
it, it is so amazing what music can do. I've had story. I had a friend recently call and say he it was a cover version of a Nine Inch Nails song that we're playing called Hurt. And he called up and said, I'm bawling. And uh, he had just had a friend that had, uh, you know, passed away due to an overdose. And that's what that song is pretty much about. And and anyway, you know, it's just amazing to me the how a song can hit somebody one way and someone else another way. Or you could hear a song you've been listening to for, you know, 25, 30 years or whatever. And then just one day a lyric hits you that you've never really realized, you know, there's some talented writers out there and some good musicians. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. I know I'm not one of them. I'm not yeah. either. Yeah. But I think also it's a lot easier for musicians to get out these mm -hmm. days. You know, back in the old days, you, you had to be heard by someone who told someone at a record label who had to send a, you know, A&R guy out there to wherever you were and sit in a bar and watch you. And then you had to get a deal and to record the album. Now anybody can record an album on their iPhone, huh. you know, that's wild. So that's wild. it's a, it's a different, it's a different landscape these days for musicians. We're going to have a quick word from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back and I'll answer that question for you. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling wants to remind you to use those recyclable bags whenever you go shopping for groceries or other stores around town. Reusable bags are good for the environment and your wallet. That's because you don't have to buy bags from your retailer. Wash your bags frequently and bag your own items whenever possible. We've already helped remove millions of single-use plastic bags from the waste stream. Now, let's reduce the amount of paper bags purchased. Helpful hint, just put some reusable bags in the trunk of your car. Food waste composting, in addition to yard waste composting, is available at the Trash Transfer Station facilities. Call 733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. Fish, welcome back. I promise to answer question, flip it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what is what do I like about listening to, to KMTN, to the radio station? I, I like that when I tune in, I know the person who is speaking to me. I don't feel as though that it's just information out there, but I really do feel a connection when you're speaking and um, DJing on the radio. I like the fact that I can get some local news because I love our community, but it's also important to know what's happening in your community. And that's a good point about our advertising. You know, some people say, oh, I can't listen to the ads. I don't look at them as ads. I look at them as here's what's going on in our community. Mm -hmm. And with the lack of events we've been having, um, you know, most of it is top of mind awareness. Hey, this is going on this Friday night, or, Hey, this is happening, or, you know, we got a sale this week or we're here. I mean, there's so many restaurants, so many great restaurants in town, but, um, I mean, you're an advertiser and you've seen some response yeah, to your catch of the day sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, I think, uh, I think we have a, a large megaphone and if you, put out a product it's just like any other business like i said if you put out a quality product and people start trusting you as your their music source i mean we filter me as the music director i filter through a lot of music so you as a listener does, don't have to mm -hmm. you know and you might not like everything we play i get it i don't like everything 
that we play you don't either. Like everything on the menu at the restaurant you go to, but and that's the analogy I wanted to use. Yeah. You know, you still like the restaurant, yeah. but you just don't like that particular menu item. I don't need the chocolate dipped, smoked, yeah, you do. Oysters. Oh no, yeah, Ugh. gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you have to offer a vegetarian dish. You have to offer a meat dish, a fish right. dish, you know, and so gluten free. <laughs> so we got it all. We're hundred percent gluten free on the radio. That's good. And you're, you do more than just the radio. You're a dad, you're a husband, you're out there in the community. You do a lot in this community. Why, what, what's your jam as far as getting out there and being involved? Well, I MC a lot of events and I, I really miss those. You know, it's so weird. I talk to so many people every day. You're not a talker, but there's nobody looking at you, mm -hmm. you know, so I can only see who's listening online. If you're in your car, I have no idea. But when you do these events and you can be eye to eye, literally with your listeners or your constituents or your advertisers or who, whatever you, however you want to refer to them. I mean, that's what I really like. And I love being, you know, at the grocery store and people stop me and do a dad, tell me a dad joke, or they say, Hey, thanks for turning me on to this band. Or what'd you think about that show at the so-and-so? I love that. You know, that to me means that I'm reaching the people of this community and I'm making an impact. And I, it took me a minute to realize the power of the job and um, the ability to be uh, so involved in the community and I'm so glad I realized it when I did realize it that, you know, if you're going to call yourself local, you got to give back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that was the main uh, goal for me when I realized it, that I was going to give back. I mean, I get paid to do some events, but I don't get paid to do most of them. You know, a lot of events I can't financially donate so I can donate time yeah, or my MC skills. Mm -hmm. And I know they greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, what do you think struck you or, or what was the, was there something that took place that said, hmm, yes, to be a part of the community, I have to give back because it sounds like maybe you weren't there when you first started or first moved here. No, because, you know, growing up in Atlanta, you had an anonymity if you were on the radio, unless you wanted some here. You open your mouth and people go, oh, I recognize, you know, I, I recognize your voice. Then I went through a little period where uh, I was sort of a dick and it was a character. <laughs> um, but people didn't understand that, you know, they didn't understand that my sharp tongue wit on the radio, you know, was a character. And I would hang out with somebody and they'd say, oh, wow, you're a lot nicer than you are on the radio. And it was right after, it was right after um, uh, Howard Stern signed his big contract. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, if he can make $500 million being an asshole, then I can maybe make a little money. But <laughs> it, you know what? It, it, it wasn't me. That just is not me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I realized that, a, there's no anonymity in this town, but B, that I needed to give back if I was going to be as as a visual, uh, you know, talking head or mouthpiece for the community. And I'm still lobbying to get on some of these chamber trips. You in chamber? Yeah. I'm... Do you ever travel? 
No, I don't go travel with the chamber. Now the airport board, they go to Hawaii. Oh, we should get on the airport yeah. board. <laughs> That's every year. It's a controversy. It's in the paper about how the airport board's going to Hawaii. Well, you know what? So yeah. So what? That's where the meeting is. You got to go there. I, I, listen, I get to go to two conferences a year. One's in Philly. Mm-hmm. They've been canceled. Uh, it just got canceled for this year, of course, canceled last year. And the other one's in Boulder. And it is a meeting of radio people and record industry people and live music and, uh, you know, discovery. And we we hear about these bands that you're going to hear about next year. Cool. We're hearing about them now. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about more about that after the break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Going, you know, thinking back at how you mentioned you find musicians artists and you want to help bring them to the forefront what are some of the musicians that you recall playing before they let's say hit it big in some way you know the overnight success as everybody says this musician's an overnight success well they were probably playing on the road and nightclubs for 10 or 15 years beforehand (laughs) absolutely busking and you know it's kind of interesting because i'll I'll, I'll answer that question in a second but these small market stations whether it's us or aspen or martha's vineyard i kind of referred to us as you like baseball we're like the triple a version of these triple a stations so we especially these mountain communities i don't know what it is but uh, whether it's Chris Robinson Brotherhood. I mean, sure, he had some backing with, you know, the Black Crows. People kind of knew about him, but, um, you know, Grace Potter, uh, Robert Randolph and the family band. There's I, I, I don't have a list in front of me, but I could talk about it for hours. How many bands we helped develop. John Mayer. I mean, when this format was first, this format hadn't been around that long, but it was sort of created for bands, I mean, the first really true AAA band that I can think of that's sort of the grandfather of this format is Dave Matthews. You know, when he uh, was first coming up, he wasn't classic rock. He wasn't top 40. Um, he wasn't jazz. So there, was not, there wasn't a format for a Dave Matthews band. And that's when the industry sort of said, all right, well, we need an adult alternative format. Mm-hmm. It's not poppy like a top 40. You know, our listeners are intelligent. They are lovers of music and they are willing to discover. And if you're into that, then, you know, whether it's KMTN or one of the many other great AAA stations, you'll probably find what you're looking for. Is is that an official type of classification for a station like you, you called it small, small market station. You use the analogy of AAA for baseball minors. Is, is that an official um, type of classification that somebody could search other small stations like such as KMTN to help them see in their community? Maybe in Atlanta, there's a small town, a small market station there. Well, it couldn't be to. a small market station. I mean, it could be outside of Atlanta. You, right. you know, you have the top markets. So we are considered 50 plus mm-hmm. you know like new york dallas la atlanta you know those are the boston Places those are, with traffic those are the biggies yeah and then there's a mid-market like i don't know des moines even idaho falls is a mid-market savannah georgia savannah georgia great haunted town by the way 
so and then there's these smaller markets. So your question to me was how would a listener, how would someone find other smaller market radio stations with this format uh, in their town? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you know, when I go to a state, when I go somewhere, I, I listen to the radio uh, and I do it the old fashioned way. I just listen. Yeah. Just, (laughs) just, just spin the dial and push seek until I find a song that I like. And then I listen to the station. I don't change the station just because the next song doesn't, isn't my thing because it might be my thing. I just might not know it yet. So I don't know. I mean, we all have different music taste and, you know, if you want to listen to jazz, that's the advantage of the satellite radio. If you want to listen to jazz or if you want to listen to hard rock or if you want to listen to country or you want to listen to outlaw. Great. You can do all those things. The disadvantage is, as you know, their playlists are extremely streamlined mm-hmm. and you are not getting the number of songs in rotation on those sources that you are on local radio same thing with spotify it seems to be like you know same 25 songs i utilize spotify i listen to pandora Mm -hmm. but i listen to the radio a lot because i'm a fan of our music when i'm in the car i don't listen to cds if i'm not if the kids aren't watching a movie i'm listening to music well it's it's all about entertainment it's you know i would think that it might come down to how somebody wants to be entertained and is it straight up music do you want to hear the same song twice in one hour or do you want some variety and actually hear a person speak to you you will never ever 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 hear the same song in the same hour (laughs) on kmtn (laughs) what about same two hours no No. i try to break up our currents six hour separation Mm -hmm. and and sometimes more and i remember when i first moved here there was trash and treasure if you need to find something, listen to Fish in the Morning and listen to Trash and Treasure. If you need to sell something. So when did you move here? What year? Summer of 99. Mm-hmm. I, I came out in the summer. My brother convinced me to come out here. I was taking a break from, from work and didn't turn him back. Never stayed. He left. He said, see you later. <laughs> Just kidding, Joshua. Summers. I mean, if we had, can you imagine our property values if we had eight months of summer oh man and four months of winter instead of the other way around Mm -hmm. anyway what we're talking about so trash and treasure treasure still going on is it uh 9 30 tell me about there was somebody who i always i don't know if this is myth or factual but there was somebody in town his name was captain bob morris Mm -hmm. and he always had some very strong opinionated messages he wanted to provide on the radio i always heard that he helped he was the first owner of kmtn true and so when did he move here and then when did he start that radio station do you know yeah i don't know when he moved here the radio station started kmtn started in 1974 oh the year i was born yeah oh really Mm -hmm. oh you're so young (laughs) um but you look a lot older it's so weird that's because i have no hair (laughs) (laughs) that's like the one thing I do have a face for radio, but I got <laughs> hair. Um, uh, but yeah, as a matter of fact, the last local administration was nice enough to declare the day that um, KMTN officially went on the air as KMTN day. So, and what day is that? I knew you were going to ask me that. I think it's February 23rd. I'll have to double check that. At least it's not February 29th. 
No, because then we would only be able to celebrate once every four years. Right. But uh, no, Pete was super nice on that. And uh, I didn't get a key to the city, but that's all right. That's we officially awesome. have official KMTN day, the day we were, uh, you know, given our license. I remember seeing, I think I was at that town council meeting. Mm -hmm. I think I remember seeing that. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad that you were that there. My one and only yeah. town council meeting. <laughs> Were there, do you know if there were other radio stations before he started KMTN? Yeah, so the original uh, station, one of ours, KSGT, uh -huh. 1340. Um, and of course, you know, west of the Mississippi radio stations start with the letter K, east of the Mississippi start with the letter W. Did not know that. Really? Yeah. yeah. So KSGT, here's another little piece of local trivia. KSGT AM, 1340 AM was the original radio station in Jackson. And the call letters, SKSGT, Stand for, Drummel, Shadow of the Grand Teton. Huh. Delray, John, who's on our other, who's on our country station. So again, I think, I don't know if I ever got to this about the app. When you download the app, uh, Jackson Hole Radio, you have KMTN, which is the adult alternative. You have a classic rock option, which is uh, KZ95. We also have a country station. Uh, which is KJAX uh, and the, uh, you know, legendary voice of Del Rey mm -hmm. is on that one. And then our most recent station that we launched maybe about a, about a year ago uh, is called La Nueva. Mm -hmm. And it is a uh, Latino programmed, Latino staffed station. And it is on, I believe, 93.7. I should know that, but uh, you can listen to it again on the app, the Jackson Hole Radio app, La Nueva. So in the app store, just search Jackson Hole Radio and you'd be able to see all of those stations. Yeah. So it's one app, four stations. And Hole is spelled H-O-L-E. Yes. Okay. There's no. No, no grocery reference. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. So. Captain Bob in 1974 started it. There wasn't much here in 1974. There's still mm -hmm. dirt roads. What brings him out here to, do you have any idea? You know, I always heard that he had something to do with the uh, Philip Morrison, Philip Morris family, but then I didn't, I yeah. heard he didn't have anything to do with that. I mean, out if you brought that up, I heard he's like, absolutely not. Yeah. He was not into that, but you know, I mean, all those ads you were, uh, referring to that was part of the sale. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I can still remember extradite John Hall to Costa Rica. That was probably before <laughs> your time. I remember John Hall. He worked at the liquor store for a little bit too when he came back to town. After I don't even know why he needed to be extradited to Costa Rica, but I don't know. You know, Captain Bob's things were uh, legalization mm -hmm. of marijuana getting rid of the one dollar bill yeah he, he gave you two dollar bill if you gave him a ride that's right and he just thought why why print double print when we could just use one and then um what was his other thing i don't remember but it was the black market the if, black market well, but well that was the legalization of marijuana yeah. right He'd get rid of the black market legalize it yeah and he rode his bike everywhere rode his bike everywhere I think one of the first times I met him was at the Bunnery, uh, probably first couple of years I was here. And, um, you know, I was sitting at the counter. He's like, would you be interested in uh, exchanging 
your one dollar bills for my two dollar bills. And I was like, uh, okay, whack job. Sure, no problem. And he opens up his briefcase and it was almost like pulp fiction. It was like glowing and <laughs> he probably had two grand in there of two dollar bills. He just peels out a stack and he's like, How many one dollar bills do you have? I was like, I got nine. He's like, here, take five of these. <laughs> character such a character he just passed away recently i heard that every town needs a captain bob we could use another captain bob you know people we used to kmtn used to do this big halloween party over the years yes yes breaking news Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to bring it back okay next seat we we wanted to bring it back this year but (sighs) global pandemic But, uh, you know, we do, a, we had a big costume every year. Somebody dressed like Captain Bob, mm-hmm. you know, big hat, pant leg, rolled up bike, backpack, briefcase, whatever. That's cool. I love it. Well, this is awesome. I so appreciate what you do for our community, being a part of keeping radio alive, which I think some people probably do not even consider radio to be a part of their listening entertainment so all i could say is give it a chance um you know things have changed and as i said we went through a period where everybody hated us Mm -hmm. our programming sucked we were getting programmed from like i said somebody in pittsburgh no ties to the community you know um this is not the kmtn this is like the old old kmtn you know we were this is like a format not only is it the format not like everybody else, but KMTN is like not is not like any other radio station, and we pride ourselves on that. Just tune in every once in a while if you can. We'll do. I like uh, Lewis and I like listening to it when we're waiting for the bus. The and morning. what is that about? What time? Seven twenty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And now it's probably light, but for the past six months it's been dark. Until March 14th, I think we switch it over uh-huh. and then it gets dark again in yeah. the mornings. That'd be all right. It's yeah. longer days. Mm. I look forward to the summer. Yes. Get some nice. sloshies down the street. <laughs> so if people want to connect with you fish, what's the best way for them to reach out and connect? Usually with you? smoke signals or okay. um, what type of smoke you want? <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm not going to answer that. Right. <laughs> um, no, you could, uh, I, I'm, I'm super easy fish at Jackson hole radio dot biz B I Z Jackson hole radio dot biz. Um, we're on Facebook. I think, anyway. yeah. Cool. Have you heard about this Facebook thing? Mm, I see it every once in a while. I don't know. My 16 year old daughter, Mia thinks, uh, she, you know, that it's only old people mm-hmm. on Facebook. She's on Instagram. Of course. And whatever else the thing is tomorrow. But but yeah, I mean, you know, if I just can tell one quick story about Mia and relating it to the radio, you know, she she's not your typical 16 year old music listener. Mm -hmm. You know, the Miley's of the world. She she can't do that. But she is always sending me new music to Mm -hmm. listen to. And uh, discovering new music from the radio, uh, as well as just sitting around the house listening to music that eventually may become on the radio. But I I, I just want to give her a shout out because, like I said, she uh, always is sending me, have you heard this new band, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's nice to have a younger demo uh, sort of 
keeping me in line a little bit about what's happening around there. Although for an old guy, I'm pretty in touch with some of the new music, I will say. I remember when she was really young and you would have her, you're listening to my dad. And I'm still playing that promo. Uh, she probably did that when she was three or four. She's 16 now. And it I could change it. Or maybe people think I have a little kid like that still, um, which I do. You know, I have a four-year-old, but um, uh, it it just it reminds me of of her when she was that age. But one of my proudest moments of a dad slash music director was coming home. Uh, I was cleaning the house one day, and Mia was sitting on the dining room table listening to a CD and reading the liner notes. Now, you and I grew up when we got an album. That was like the first thing I did. I took out the liner notes. I looked at the words, the lyrics. I looked at where it was recorded, if it was a live album, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she's sitting there on the table reading the lyrics to this of Monsters and Men album. And it was just such a proud moment hmm. that, you know, and when your kids start drinking, I'm sure that's going to be a really proud moment for you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You'll edit I, that I out. Liquor what do you mean start drinking? No, joking. Joking, joking on that one. Um, <laughs> no, but when they come home and say, hey, dad, have you tried this new wine? You know, when they're of age, you're going to yeah. be like, wow, that's really, really awesome. Yeah, it will be. So thank you so much for having me. It, yeah. How, it's been an hour already. Yeah. Jeez. See, it's easy to talk now. Fish, thank you. I appreciate it. Stefan, thank you, you, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. Peace Tell out. the kids hello. Yeah, likewise. To learn more about Fish and Jackson Hole Radio, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 132. Many thanks to everybody who keeps this episode on the air. Support your sponsors. And thank you to Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, Michael Morey, my editor and marketing director, and Charlie Schinkel for listening in regularly. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.